Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from World Radio Gardening. This edition brought to you by Baby Bio. Well, think back two or three months and Ken Crowther was talking to Anita from Baby Bio about the challenge, the challenge for the hanging baskets, the big Baby Bio challenge. Well, how are they performing? I have returned to Anita's garden, and my word, you know, hasn't stuff grown? It, it really has, and considering the weather that we've had. Bit of a mix. Very mixed bag, <laughs> I think it it's, uh, should be said. Now, come on, let's look at this basket, because I remember the basket before, and in fact, the plants have grown, well, triple the size, would you say, oh, since it, I last came? Easily. I think particularly the petunias, and they've, they've really romped away, um, as they do. You know, they, they are quite uh, enthusiastic plants, um, and they do respond well to being lightly cut back, because they can get a bit leggy, uh, which can cause the uh, plants to kind of look a bit collapsed and a bit lacklustre. So you do cut them back, and they just keep producing mm. Now, you say flowers. cut back, but you don't mean too, too hard. You just mean where, where the dead heads of the flowers are. You just nip them back to a leaf, really, don't you? Yeah, or just take them back maybe, you know, sort of late summer, you could afford to take them back, you know, a, a few more. inches, yeah, mm. to encourage the new growth. Um, and with continued feeding, obviously, that would encourage now, them Now, looking further. around the basket, I mean, it's got so much stuff in there. It's got a million bells. Yes. They've got, what, dianthus in the middle? There's dianthus, there's some verbena. Oh, verbena here as well. sides. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and some violas at the, right at the back. I can just see peeking through yeah. the leaves. So, in fact, a really colourful basket. And you talk about the petunia because the petunia have really taken off because they're hanging down, they're hiding the basket. Which is really what you're trying to do, isn't it, in a way? Because baskets, much as they're supposed to be attractive, we do actually rely on the plants to hang down and give cover, don't we? I, th I think it's nice that, you know, obviously if you, you've got, got a reasonably attractive hanging basket as a basket, then that, that's fine. But, yeah, the whole purpose is to contain... Trial, isn't it? Yeah, to, to plant, to have it big enough to plant the plants that will then remain in that basket quite happily for, you know, quite a few months but also to have it softening the basket by trailing over um, to make it attractive. Now, like all plants, I know we've talked about the weather and we have had a real mixed bag of weather, so we're not going to go on about the weather no, at all. No, we all know about that. Yes, we know about the weather. <laughs> so over the period that we're talking about, up until now, how often do you have to water the basket? You know, because you've got, what, a 16-inch basket there? Yeah, and because it's, it's quite heavily planted... Uh, I think it's fair to say that the amount of compost to root ratio has dropped. So I do make sure that I water it at least every two weeks and feed it at the same time. So every two weeks I'm feeding it mm -hmm. and watering it. In between times I'd probably water it every, depending on the weather obviously. Every but day or so if, it, if the sun shines. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because it's so um, planted up, even if it does rain... Not very much rain is actually it? going to get no. into the compost because it's just going to run off the leaves and run down. And sometimes what I do is I get a bucket, you know, one of these plastic mm. trugs, and I half fill it with water, maybe a bit of food in there as well, and I take the hanging basket off its hook, I actually just gently submerge it into the bucket, leave it there for a couple of hours or something, take it out, let it drain, and then hang it back up. And then that way, the plants really had a good opportunity to take up the water and and hold it for longer. Now it's important we use feeds that are actually trying to encourage flower because that's that's what we're trying to get from this plant, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So you, you ideally you'd need something that's got quite a high potassium content because that 
is the nutrient that plants need to encourage flowering and, and fruiting if we're talking about edible it's the same plants thing, isn't as it? well. Yeah, same requirement. So if you had a strawberry basket, you'd do the same, or a tomato basket, you'd use the same? Certainly would, particularly with those sort of crops, yes, that are very productive. So what are you actually using yourself there? On this, what are you, what are you feeding this one with? This is a Baby Bio outdoor for uh, flowers and shrubs. Yeah, so that yeah, really, so. well, I can't, I, I can't, can't fault your basket, you know. Yeah. So can I fault your containers? Because come on, let's have a wander and have a look okay. at your containers. Okay, well, well we? I'm up for the challenge. Now, I, I, I walk through a lot of plants here because we've got, let's just look at a few. We've got yeah, some lovely okay. peppers, you've got yeah, roses. Yep. Um, tomatoes are looking really good as well. Yeah, I've got quite a few different varieties What's of tomatoes. It's a funny this year. shape. Yeah, this is, um, I think this is a heritage one. Oh, it's oh, called Black, Black Russian. Russian. That's an interesting so it, one, isn't it? It's kind of a bit of a darker, more of a sort of maroony colour, I suppose, with sort of green coloration to the. But um, yeah, for some reason, I've only got these two trusses or that one truss on there but oh but there's more flower coming yeah there is and the flowers are huge look how big they are they're like very unusual massive yeah mm. so um yeah i'm quite interested to see how that's going to end up so we come round and you've yep. got you've got so many different tomatoes it's yeah, really no, quite fascinating there. there what do you got there tumbler so that's a tumbler so a tumbling tom i've got um what's this golden Golden sweet, so that's it's nice just to a try little, different varieties. Yeah, though, isn't it? because they're so they're so lovely in different shapes and things. You can get so many varieties these days. So, so and, and I must say that you're obviously into peppers and and capsicums as well. Yeah, we we like quite a lot of chilies, and yeah. I love growing chilies because some of them point upwards when they grow. Some of them point down. down. Some start up and then go down. And and the array of colours of chilies and size and the different flower colour, I just I just love them, and we eat quite a lot of chilies. So they're not all really hot ones. Some of them are, are quite a bit milder. Some are chilli. Some Sorry. are chilli. <laughs> that is dreadful. Yeah, that's dreadful. Can I get, get to your containers? Please do. Now, now tell us more about these containers, because these are looking... Uh, well, this one here... Yes. It's got geranium, fuchsia, million bells, and... What's the other one that's there? That's osteospermum. Oh, osteospermum. The little mini osteospermum, Yeah. So it's got plenty in that. Again, looking really healthy. Lovely and, and green at the moment and some of the flowers. Um, yeah. So this one here, which um, is in the grey pot, yeah. this is being fed with Baby Bio Outdoor flowers and shrubs. So that's the same as the basket? Yes, it's absolutely the same as the basket. I'm, I must say that that pot is looking... I'm not being biased here, but it looks healthy. It's filled the pot, like the basket, really, yeah. isn't it? It's filled it. Now, yeah. coming around the corner, you've got another one around here. So what, what are you doing with this one? So this is identical in terms of the plants that it's got in it. So again, it's got geranium. Oh, yeah. It's got the million bells, mm -hmm. mini petunias. It's got fuchsia. All right, different colours, but essentially the same same plants. And also it's got the little um, osteospernum Less in flower. there as well. Less flower in that one. There is, isn't there? There's only, only the geranium's the only one that's flowery, isn't it? There's not a lot. The million bells have got less flowers, haven't they? Yeah, million bells are less, and the fuchsia, although it's budding, and the... Hasn't got any flowers? It's oh, it's got, got a one. couple, oh, yeah. one, yes. I've just seen a couple. So, so it is a bit... So where... Yeah, so this is slightly a little bit behind, I would say. However, the, the one that I have been feeding... 
with the Baby Bio Outdoor flowers and shrubs. Hasn't yet got a geranium flower on it, but there are super buds in there. Stems coming mm. through, yeah. So that, that's gonna. So come this on. is reliant on purely the one that you haven't fed is reliant just on the compost that had a bit of fertilizer in it originally. Yes, that's all I'm doing is just watering that. So once the uh, so it'd be interesting to see what happens when the how long that fertilizer lasts. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. it, it's it's not going to last forever. And really, you know, it, it, it's, it's a sign that we've so many things to look after at this time of the year, isn't there? I mean, you know, because we talked about baskets, we've talked about containers, but people have got pouches, haven't they, on, on the walls as well. And I think you have to watch where you put those, because if they're in direct sun, they dry out quite a lot, don't they? Yeah, I think the pouches are having a bit of a revival they are indeed i seem to remember them back in the day when you had those plastic pouches and everyone put busy lizards do you remember yeah. them those long not pretty <laughs> i didn't like those much. but it was a start of something it was and it, it has evolved uh, and you can get all sorts of um, pouches uh, planting pouches now but yes you're right sometimes the pouches can be quite small so you would be limited to the type of plant that you might put in there but if you were looking remain. for something small in a small pocket of soil, you could, because as you said, they're not plastic pouches anymore. They're attractive pouches today. So you could put what some some of the alpines, do you think, in those? Yeah, something that has a smaller, perhaps more shallow root system. So, for example, first, yeah, sempervirin, something They'd like that well, would, would look quite would look quite nice and you wouldn't have a problem then with you know a plant that's got a massive root system and you're forever trying to keep them going in a, in a small amount of compost and again feeding so important feeding's very important with those obviously because they've got less compost and also as you mentioned before you know trying to keep them out of direct sunlight because because there isn't much compost they are going to dry out quite quickly so maybe think about the type of plant that you might want to put in these pouches that you bought or think about the size of the pouch maybe get something bigger to accommodate different plants bigger plants yeah mm. Keep so if you wanted strawberries or something like that you'd need a, a lot of compost wouldn't you to really give them a boost yeah so i think something with a bigger holding capacity definitely so it's really choosing the right container for the right plant horses for courses it is indeed it is. now you mentioned the feeding we've talked about feeding can you overfeed anita do you think not you personally i don't mean i mean the plants um Yes, I suppose in theory you can. And what you'd often find is that a plant would... Well, it depends what you're overfeeding it with. Okay. Okay, the, the ratio of nutrients that you've got. But yes, I mean, if you're feeding, uh, overfeeding with something that's high in nitrogen, then yes, the plant's going to put on a lot of green growth. Whereas soft you're growth. expecting flowers and fruit. Yeah, so you'd get a lot of foliage. It would be quite soft. It hasn't hardened off naturally so it'd be more prone to perhaps fungal and insect um, so attack. It's so it's important to use a balanced fertilizer really isn't it something that's designed for what you're growing yeah absolutely so a, a well-balanced uh, plant food would have you know levels of nitrogen phosphorus and potassium it may well also have trace elements and uh, a lot of them as the baby bio outdoor has is the biostimulants the, the natural it really works doesn't it? yeah it really looking makes at your a tubs difference. and baskets i can't fault yeah. it just right. you talked about watering can you can you over water then yes because i because they go what do they just droop do they collapse what yeah happens? the trouble is with with when you overwater plants it looks like and it's cruel really that you've underwatered them because they look very similar 
so they droop they look a bit lackluster they could go a bit yellowy so you 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 know you wouldn't be wrong in thinking oh my goodness I haven't you know it, it needs water so you water it again and keep watering it because it still looks like it so really what you're drowning the roots really yeah you're drowning the roots are suffocating so they can't breathe so there's no there's no um exchange of um oxygen within the root system so it just it just suffocates so if the soil's damp stop watering yeah and if the soil's dry try watering yeah that's right so little and often is always better so you avoid these massive peaks and troughs of soil being really dry and then you throw loads of water at it and then it's saturated and you need like you know a nice consistent moisture content really and a good trick is yes the compost would often be dry on the surface because it's being dried off by you know the wind and the sun so you need to put your finger into the compost you know a couple of inches if it's damp down there then leave you know alone, leave it for a little bit longer and then water it again so it's regular watering and regular feeding and you'll have success is that what you're saying I hope you will. Yes, that's the, that's the theory. So regular feeding and don't overwater. You're killing them with kindness. Ken Crowther talking to Anita from Baby Bio. And this edition of World Radio Gardening brought to you by Baby Bio. Well, let's catch up with Kath now. Ken Crowther has been looking at beautiful gardens with her, but also doing a spot of work as well and helping a very important charity. I'm with Kath from Baby Bio and we are at Hopley's. What a garden it is, isn't it? I know, it? it's absolutely beautiful. I can't believe that something like this could exist. It's just gorgeous. <laughs> and there's acres of it, isn't there? You can wander around, there's trees of interest, there's lovely plants. Look at there's a pond yeah, there's behind water us. water features. It's just, it's just lovely. Everywhere you walk, you just find a new little nook or cranny with something exciting. Now, of course, we've been here today, really, sort of helping um, Hearts and Essex Air Ambulance, haven't we? You know, raising a, awareness of them and raising a bit of money with them. We have, yeah. It's a really worthy cause, and it's just been such a lovely experience to spend today with them, helping them out. And of course, you've had a, we've had a few inquiries, haven't we? About uh, well, a a your your big boost challenge, but big as well, boost challenge, yep. And uh, of course, I've been answering some gardening questions to people. You have? How have you been getting on? All right. Yes, it's interesting that we've we're into into summer and people are starting to actually. A bit sad, really. I had people asking whether they should cut back the herbaceous plants. You know, there we are. We're you know in summer and people are thinking about autumn and I'm thinking well we shouldn't be thinking about <laughs> autumn already especially in a garden like this where it's so colourful and it's so full of colour for summer isn't it yeah I mean it's been a bit of an odd year anyway though weather wise hasn't it it has Just... indeed if we go back to June and all that rain <laughs> yeah. it has sped things on and made a lot of difference yeah and just out of interest the big boost challenge is quite interesting isn't it because it's really you've been able to really see the difference in how things grow haven't you yeah I mean it's just about showing people what you can achieve through feeding a lot of people don't know the benefits or or don't necessarily see the benefits so the idea is you know you do it at home you have one pot that you don't feed you have one that you do and the one that you do feed looks amazing the other one doesn't look as good <laughs> you're listening to world radio gardening this edition brought to you by baby bio well, Radio Gardening podcasts are updated regularly. Please visit our website often and find out the latest. Back to Anita now. Ken Crowther has been catching up with Anita and this time they're talking roses. Earlier, Anita, we were talking about tubs and containers on your patio and I mentioned, didn't I? I went through and I said about this gorgeous patio rose in a, in a nice ceramic pot. Yeah. 
Look at the flower. I know. That. Absolutely That's, superb. It just hasn't stopped flowering really all season. You know, I deadhead it uh, lightly as they go over and then just more produced. It's just, the foliage is lovely and green, hasn't got any black spot. You know, I'm really, really I'm going to ask you it. then, you know, you talk about black spot. Do you actually spray to keep black spot off or is that a variety that's obviously quite clean? I haven't had this for that long, but I've never noticed black spot on it. So it, it's likely that it's perhaps resistant to getting Which black some spot. Are, they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of breeding now that goes into uh, roses to, to try and help them uh, combat things like black spot and, and powdery mildew. But now I've mentioned them, we better say that when you're walking around the garden, you know, like you do in the evening, you know, with a glass of wine in your hand, just looking at the plants, <laughs> if you see the first signs of black spot, that's the time to actually do it. You don't wait till it's, they've gone brown and the leaves are falling off, do you? No, you really do need to treat it uh, at the first sign. So uh, something like uh, a fun rose fungicide. Uh, so we sell um, multi-rose ready as, as available as a ready-to-use or as a liquid concentrate. So if you have lots of roses, then obviously a concentrate might be more suitable. But only if you see the problem. We don't have to just go around spraying for the sake of it, do we? Uh, no, you don't have to, um, because really, if they're clean, then there's no, like yours. There's no, get, there's no get need. It. Yeah, it doesn't cross my mind to, to spray it, because there's no need to spray it. Now, you mentioned multi-rose. You, you said it does... It does uh, so it'll do the mildew that you mentioned, yes? Yes. It does black spot. Yes. And does it do pests as well? It does, because they're both combination. So they're, they're already pre-formatted as a combination, so the fungicide and insecticide. So if you've got a bit of aphid, that's the one to use again? Yeah, because I think we all know, if, even if we just grow a couple of roses, that you're likely to get... I know this particular rose hasn't got any fungal infections on it. But they can. But they can and very commonly do get something, so mildew or black spot, but you're also much more likely then perhaps to get insect damage, so aphids, black flies. We know they love, they love roses. Now I'm going to stay on this one for just a moment before <laughs> we talk about other roses because it is a picture. It's got lovely, ap I call them apricot sort of colour. Yeah. yeah. Apricot yeah. flowers, masses, as we said. Um, in a pot, Surely you've got to feed it as well, haven't you? Yes, that's that's very important um, because, as we know, you know, there's only a certain amount of nutrients in the compost. And I have actually potted this up with uh, John Innes uh, compost. It's a better compost, possibly for roses, is it? Yeah, for for more established shrubs, mm. it's more, it's heavier. It's uh, you get better root development um, with shrubs. It holds water and moisture much better, so it doesn't. It's not as prone to drying out as some of the mm. Um, peat-based or even non-peat-based compost do. So it's heavier as well, so the pots are less likely to blow over, less likely, in my opinion, to get things, not that roses particularly suffer with it, but in my experience, you, you have less of a problem with vine weevil grubs in pots that are potted up with something heavier like John Innes or so it's a help, isn't it? or garden soil. Mm. Yes, because it's it's colder as well, if you think about peat-based compost they're quite light they're soft they they're nice quickly. and warm yeah exactly whereas with soil or loam-based compost for example they're heavier they're wetter they're not such a nice place to be so feeding very important you feed with i feed this with um i've got top rose gold which i use when i when i potted it up I've also given it an additional um, treatment with top rose gold. How uh, often do you do that usually? Summer. You do it probably twice a year. So you do it in the spring 
and then you do it again in the summer. But as any time that you're potting on, or add yeah, add it to the bottom of the hole, incorporate some of the soil with the uh, top rose gold or top rose that you're using, whichever you have, and then backfill it with, with the soil. I mean, I think so often people just forget that actually plants are growing just like ourselves. We need feeding, they need feeding, don't yeah. they? And even, you know, we look at some other flowers that you've, well, not flowers, but roses that we're talking about. You've got the fairy up there, you've got yeah. climbers on the fence. They all need a bit of food to make them good, don't they? They do. And I think, you know, with, with roses, for example, that are grown in open ground, if your soil's quite reasonable, then the plants, once they're established, can look after themselves, they can find their own resource. But there's no harm at all in giving it a top dress or hoeing in lightly some top rose gold or top rose, you know, in the spring and then again in the summer, just to help the, the rose support the buds and, and flowers throughout the season. And the other important thing with all roses, isn't it, is deadheading. You mentioned it on the patio one, but if you've got a climber or bush roses of any sort, it's, it's good to get rid of the dead heads. Not only they're unsightly, but mm. you don't need them, do you? No, you don't. And, and you know, it, it's better then for the plant because the plant can then concentrate its resource into, you know, the, the part of the plant that's still growing and it will hopefully encourage um, more, more buds throughout the season. Obviously, that would depend to a certain degree or a certain extent on the variety of rose and the type of rose it is. But keep um, on deadheading. Keep deadheading because also if, if, you, if you leave them, you know, we've all seen kind of petals that go wet and, and they just go all crispy and brown and they could harbour pests and disease or fungal diseases as well. So it's a good idea to, to keep the plant as clean as possible. Now, just, just we didn't mention deadheading. How do you do it? Do you just go down from the dead cluster of of flower i do in the summer yeah so where you've got the area or the 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 stems which had the flowers on then i would just go back lightly what, to a main of... stem well not the main stem but to that little branch and area and snip it off snip it off with a clean pair of secateurs and then later on you know in the winter then i'd perhaps give it a more a, prune. a, a more formal prune we can mention that nearer the winter couldn't we we can we can indeed so really difficult. you know it's, it's about looking after your roses and not just ignoring them and think they'll get on in, on their own yeah because the trouble is as we all know you know things creep up on us when we're, we're not expecting it so it is a good idea to to you know get out there with your glass of wine and inspect the plants on a regular basis and give it feed twice at least twice a year yeah so top rose or top top rose gold during the season so spring treatment and then summer treatment and in between times of course particularly if you've got roses in pots as I have you know there's no harm at all in feeding it also with the baby bio outdoor flowers and shrubs because that will help support the plant and you're watering it at the same time which is obviously what they're going to need particularly if they're in pots and containers throughout the year. So keep those roses fed and the rest of your garden for that matter. That seems to be the message today. Ken Crowther with Anita from Baby Bio and that brings to an end this edition of the World Radio Gardening Podcast brought to you by Baby Bio. Thank you for listening and return to our website often for the next updates. Enjoy your garden.